Okay. Good morning. Again, y'all are the most talkative bunch. And uh, well, we, like, we like that. If you have your celebration guide, we would like to point out, of course, I met a few of you that this is your first time. Thank you for coming. And we would ask that uh, all you give us is just a record that you were here. So if you just sign the guest registration, fill that out, drop it in the offering plate. That's all we ask you to do. And uh, hopefully be blessed today. And then as we've been trying to lead us in the last couple of months, I'm just going to point out some things and you need to then read the details. This is um, our woman's heart a week. So ladies, you can be a part of that. Christmas coming up. Our membership class we call ownership is coming up on December the 3rd. You can read the date and the time is different. So please uh, pay attention to that. Basketball, upward sports starting this week. The evaluations, that's a great three or four months. That's going to really be good. And uh, then, of course, other things that are happening by some of you were asking me about Bible studies. They're all listed there of when and who and what so forth. All right. How many of you'd rather be here than the best jail in Citrus County? All right. Glad you're here. All right. Well, we got a treat today. Uh, Rich and Wendy Crawford, some of you met them uh, Friday night or Saturday. They stayed around for us um, and are going to share some, what I think was really some great uh, information that's kind of a summary, a capsule of everything that we were doing. Um, and we wanted you to meet them. I knew a lot of you wouldn't be at the conference, but I wanted you to meet them and get to know who they are. So uh, we'll welcome them in a minute. Right now, let's stand and welcome somebody around you, hopefully that you don't know.
much for your gospel music, Lord, that you give to us and help us, Father, to tune in our hearts to you this morning. We're so grateful, Jesus, that sometimes when we're just feeling out of whack that we can turn that radio on or get somewhere where there's some music that speaks of your love, how much you love us and how much you adore us and how much you forgive us. So we're so grateful. We ask your blessing upon our time of giving this morning that you would bless it in Jesus' precious name. Did you know that we are broken this morning? We are. But God is in the put-together business. Let's stand this morning. And so many need to hear about him, don't they? They need to hear about Jesus. And that's our job. Go speak it out. Your friends and your family. Are y'all sing with me? Well, I just won't speak the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
Jesus, we are in so need of you, even in these moments right here. Father, we, um, we are so needy of a people and yet you still want us and you still call us your sons and daughters. And God, this morning as we um, dive into your, your message and your word, Father, I pray that you would use both Rich and Wendy to speak into our hearts because we do need you in a world that is lost, that is broken, that tells us so many different things. Father, we are in desperate need of you every moment, every day. So God, as we um, come to this time, bless them, use them. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. You know, before we get started, I want to just say a thank you to my wife, Nancy, and David in the back for Friday and Saturday. And uh, all the video stuff happened because of them. So if you give them a hand, I'd appreciate it. They work very hard. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, ma'am. And folks, we're just very blessed now. Uh, I would like to introduce to you Rich and Wendy Crawford. Guys, come on this way from uh, Parts Unknown. <laughs> no, they're from Atlanta, Georgia area, Alpharetta to be exact. And uh, they're going to share a little bit about what they do. They've been leading our marriage conference this weekend and graciously agreed to stick around so you could see them and meet them. And uh, I think the message is just right on for us today. So give them a big hand and welcome them. Well, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> we are uh, super excited to have the opportunity to be with you. Uh, as Pastor Lloyd said, we uh, live in Alpharetta, Georgia. We have three children. Uh, our oldest is Edson and uh true story. I can't make this up. His great, great, great grandmother was Annie Edson Taylor. 1901 was the first person to ever go over Niagara Falls in a barrel and live. Sure. So that's true, sure, yeah. which is crazy. So if you happen to see our son carrying a barrel, we would love a phone call. You, would be great. Um, and then we have our middle child, Abigail, and she is our theater girl and trying out for lots of parts right now. Right. And then our youngest, Mary Grace, she's 15. She's a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. We call her the marriage builder. That's right. Because that's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> we grew a lot, didn't we? She sanctified us. That's right. That's for sure. So uh, we're going to um, introduce ourselves. I'll let you introduce yourself first sure. if you yeah. want. I'm Wendy. Um, I am not a pastor, so this is very foreign to me to be up in front of you guys like this on a Sunday morning. And it makes me think of the scripture. I don't know where the, the address is, but... Uh, if you were a pastor, you would know. I would, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, God uses foolish tools in the hands of weak people to build his kingdom because I am certainly that, so I'm, I'm thankful to be here. Um, I am a marriage therapist and a counselor, and I have a private practice in the Atlanta area. I've been doing that for about 20 years. Um, but my favorite thing I get to do professionally is work for Focus on the Family, um, I am a marriage therapist therapist for their Hope Restored Intensive Program, um, and basically what that means is that we go to different sites around the country and do group intensives. Um, they're four-day marriage intensives for couples in crisis, um, and it's just amazing to do that work because people come in broken and empty and 
hopeless. Uh, usually divorce papers filed often. Um, and they just come in with their, their just last hope to save their marriage. And it's amazing what I've seen the Lord do in those environments and through those intensives. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me and what I do and why I'm here. Great. Yeah. I am not a licensed professional nope. counselor. <laughs> um, but I'm married to Wendy. We've been married for 25 years. Thank you. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. 25 years being married to a licensed professional counselor, ladies and gentlemen. I've never won a fight, but I can clearly articulate what it feels like to lose. So she's taught me that. Um, I uh, work in full-time ministry for an organization called Young Life, which works with high school-age kids, an outreach ministry. I've been with them for about 25 years as well. And another little crazy thing is uh, I'm actually a part-time professional magician. So you can send your emails if I do something that offends in a minute. But I, I can't not try something. Would you like to see a little something? Is that okay? Okay. So... Magic okay in a Baptist church? <laughs> it's not real magic. You're okay. Yeah, so no, I'm going to come down because I'm going to actually have somebody help me with this. And I will tell you, um, when I come out and I walk in the audience, if you divert your eye contact from me, I can still see you. Okay? <laughs> so I'm just going to, if you would like to help, all you have to do is just raise your, thank you so much. You are so kind. Would you mind helping us with this? Oh my you goodness. are so kind. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. What's your name? Debbie. Debbie. Give it up for oh, Debbie. Debbie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I live with this. You, okay, you yeah. live with this. Do you really? Is your husband do magic? No, but he's always got me on the spot. Oh, he's always got you on the spot. That's okay. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So, Debbie, I'm going to have you sit right here, if you don't mind. Okay. And, Debbie, I will tell you the number one question. <laughs> Debbie's very comfortable up here, yeah, aren't she you? Is. Wow. She's I love it. more comfortable than I am. <laughs> Debbie, we're going to just let you speak. No, <laughs> no. Debbie, we're, we're going to do something. Um, the number one question I always get when people find out that I do this kind of silliness is I'll have a lot of folks that will say, hey, can you teach me something? So would you like to learn Absolutely. a little? You would. Okay, great. So here's the deal. If you are in the audience and you think to yourself, hey, I get it, we're not teaching you. We're teaching Debbie, okay? We good? Okay. So Debbie, here's what I'm going to do. You know what this is? Yes, I do. I use it daily. <laughs> <laughs> I think my wife would call that an overshare right there. But that's all right. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. So... I do too, Debbie. You're okay. So this is going to be a do-as-I-do trick, Debbie. So you're going to do exactly what I do. I just ripped off a little bit of toilet paper. I'm going to hand that to you, and then I'm going to grab a little piece here, and you're going to do exactly what I, I do, okay? So I want you to take it and roll it into a small ball, just like so. Did you see it disappear? It's not there. You are so kind, Debbie. <laughs> you want me to succeed so much. I love that. No, it's, it's right there. Go ahead and roll it in a small ball, Debbie. I want you to take it. I want you to put it in your hand and rub it like so. Did you see it disappear that time? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay, good. We'll try it again. Okay, Debbie? Okay. So here, I want you to take it. Just roll it in a small ball once again. Did you see it disappear that time? No. No, it's still there, Debbie. Yeah. You're doing good. So do as I do. I want you to take it, put it in your hand. Did you see it go that time? No. No. Okay, we'll try it one more time, Debbie. You're doing great. Watch, Debbie, 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 watch. 
You're good, Debbie. See, it's a complicated trick. It goes right over some people's heads yeah. right there. Okay, <laughs> Debbie, Debbie, grab a seat if you would. Good you job, did Debbie. great. You did great. So it's fun, but it also, uh, I wanted to do specifically that um, because I wanted to use that as a catalyst for what we're going to take a look at today. And you can see in your bulletin the uh, verse that we're going to focus on is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And it says there is no commandment that's greater than these. Now, the reason I do that is because you in the audience had a different perspective than Debbie did. Because Debbie's perspective, she couldn't necessarily see what was going on because it was out of her sight line. And when it comes to marriage, and it comes most importantly to our own hearts, this side of heaven, we can get a skewed perspective of who God is, of who he's designed us to be, and of how we are to interact. How do we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind and love others as we love ourselves? It's really easy to believe a lot of the messages that we're given in this world about ourselves. So, and our marriage. And our marriage, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what we want to spend today talking about a little bit is perspective, God's perspective on marriage and relationships. I mean, this can even apply if you're not married for sure. Um, but God's perspectives on our relationships and, and marriage and then the world's perspective because the world does tell us certain things about what marriage and relationships are and what they should do and what they provide for us and um, so, so yeah, the verse that Rich read is one of the verses we want to, to center our time on, is that is a perspective um, that God has on relationships, is to love God, love others, and love ourselves. But before we kind of address what that means and, and what that says to us in our marriages, it, it might be good to kind of talk about what does the world tell us? What's the world's perspective? What is our perspective sometimes on marriage? Because it can be a little bit backwards. Um, and we don't even know. We don't even know that our perspective might be skewed a little bit because it is so entrenched in our culture to believe um, that it is my spouse's job when I get married that, that he will finally meet all my needs and that now every sad thing comes untrue when I get married and I will never feel unloved or I'll never feel alone or I'll never feel unwanted or betrayed and that is just a lie. That's a lie. Um, it is, it, that is not true. Um, we live in a fallen world where we are all covered with sin and we all need Jesus and his grace. Uh, but, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about what the world says to us and tells us about marriage before we get into what, what the Lord's perspective is. Because you guys have all been taught different messages. If you, you watch any movies or listen to music or read any books um, or have just heard some slang or, or sayings, like, you want to give us one, Rich? I, I do. I, I bet you can complete it for me. When mama's not happy. That's right. Yeah, and along that is happy wife, happy life, right? 
And what, is, what are those phrases really saying to us? Those phrases are saying, uh, if I'm not happy, he can't be happy. Oh, how crazy is that, right? Like he is not allowed or can't be happy if I'm not happy. And so he's got to constantly look over at me and manage me to make sure I'm happy. That's a lot of work for him. And, and a job that I can't do. That's right. He is, that's a crushing burden to Rich if I put my happiness on him or he does mine. Um, so, yeah. And um, another one, every princess movie we've ever seen, right? Like the princess finally gets married and she lives happily ever after because this man is going to complete her in her life and make her feel all the things she's always wanted to feel. And again, that is a weight and a burden that man, that prince, is not designed to bear. Um, yeah. Or we can go back a couple years. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, lines from Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I love this man, but I do not want him to complete me. <laughs> I tell you that. The Lord completes me, thank goodness. He's great. But yeah, that's icky. That's just icky, right? I, I know we're going to offend somebody here, but I got to do it. Oh, Romeo, save me. I've been feeling so alone. T. Oh. Swift right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, like... That's what our teenagers are learning, right? That I, I get, I start dating a boy, and all of a sudden he saves me from my aloneness. He fills that emptiness and the void in my heart. What a lie, right? What a lie our children are being told. Um, but yeah, there's a way in which we've all kind of believed that, right? When we get married, our spouse completes us and fills us. Yeah, this is a, a good one. This is uh, going back a couple. Yeah, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Anybody see that movie? Yeah, I never did, but I love this quote because I, I hate it actually. But people do fall in love. People do belong to each other because that's the only chance anyone has for true happiness. Wow, right? Like, ugh, that's just so sad. If that is our only hope is my relationship or my marriage, like what if my spouse leaves me? My happiness goes too. Like that is just so sad um, that that's what the culture tells us. Yeah, basically the culture of the world, a lot of the things we just are enmeshed in in the world tells us that finally when I get married, I'm never going to feel unloved. I'm never going to feel unwanted. I'm always going to feel whole and complete. And that is just not true. That is putting my spouse on the throne where God belongs. Only God can fill me. Um, yeah, it, it, if, if I do this, and we just all do it kind of unknowingly when we first get married especially, we're just looking at this other person as if they're going to complete all my de desires in marriage. And is it not true that we all kind of have this invisible basket of our hopes, our dreams, our expectations, and our longings? And they're in this basket. And as we're single and dating, we're kind of walking around, and we're just looking for somebody to give that basket to. And we get, we finally meet the person, and it's like, here, nope. you take it. <laughs> and you meet all my longings and my hopes and my desires, my expectations. And, and then what happens when he doesn't? What happens when I start to feel a little lonely because he's working too much? Or I start to feel a little sad because we're not as connected as maybe we used to. Or the enemy's kind of assaulting my heart you know, with those old lies that we all have on our heart that I'm unimportant or I'm unloved or I'm unwanted or I'm not good enough. Those start coming back. 
all of a sudden I'm looking over at him and it's his fault. And I'm angry and I'm disappointed. And that anger and disappointment turns to bitterness and resentment. Um, and so those expectations, we need to keep those in check because those, those expectations becomes down payments on tomorrow's resentments. They just will. We have to hold our hopes and our longings and our desires in a fallen world. We have to hold those loosely and trust God with our disappointments. Take our disappointments to the Lord. So, so really what we want you guys to understand is that healing and wholeness comes vertically from the Lord. That is where I go for wholeness and completeness. Then I can go vertically to my spouse out of the overflow of my heart to give and love and serve and care. Horizontally. Sorry, horizontally. Did I say that wrong? You did. I was math challenged. That's right. I missed that. That's going to come back school. to haunt me later. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? Nope, just horizontal. That's all I want to say. I don't go that way to get from the Lord. I can't get this way from the Lord. I, I've got to get that from, from, I've got to go this way to get from God so that I can give to my spouse. Um, yeah. I, I would go back. I, I know this verse is, is so important, and I challenge you to think, what, what does it mean? to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind? What does it mean to love yourself the way God loves you? I mean, at first glance of that, I think, boy, that sounds pretty narcissistic. i got to love myself. But I'm only able to love myself when I'm able to see myself the way that God has authored and designed me. And when I'm able to see myself and operate out of how God has created me, I bring a whole heck of a lot more to the table because it's not me. It's the Lord in how he is shaping my view of who he really has made me to be. And it works a lot better that way, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, if we remember, I am, I am created by God and I'm created for God. That I am designed uniquely. I have my own gifts and callings and things that the Lord glued me together with, and same with Rich. And so I am responsible to use those gifts even when I get married. And so I have to love myself and steward my gifts well, even within my marriage, because that allows me to love my neighbor. Um, and so even when we talk about loving the Lord your God, you know, why does he say heart, soul, mind, and strength? Like, why does he say that? I believe those are kind of the four aspects of our personhood, of how God made us. He made us with a heart, an emotional life. We do have emotions. Uh, we do have feelings that go beyond sad, mad, and glad. Like we have other emotions beside those um, that we need, to, we need to care for. We have lies written on our hearts when we feel unimportant or unloved or unwanted. And it's important that we are taking those emotions that do become lies that we can start believing if I feel unimportant or not good enough over and over and over again, I start believing it. And I need to take those emotions to the Lord for the truth. I can't take those to my spouse. He can't fix that. Um, and so, yeah, we're emotional. We're spiritual. We have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. My relationship with the Lord is mine, and Rich has his own as my spouse. And that doesn't change when we get married. Um, I'm physical and I'm mental. I have to love and care for all four areas and take care of those areas so that then I can love God in all those th four areas, what I'm thinking about, what I'm feeling, my physical body stewarding it well, 
um, in my spiritual body. And then I can love others as I love myself. Um, yeah, I, I think about this woman that was in one of my intensives. Um, and she really, she kind of had it backwards. She had it as kind of, um, what it, her, her version of this verse would have been, love your spouse first with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And she really believed that was her husband's job as well. And she came to one of our marriage intensives, and she and her husband um, had walked through a big crisis about 15 years prior where he had had some infidelity, and she was devastated by that. Um, and he, through that, became a Christian. He received salvation. He took his shame and his guilt to the Lord and repented, and it was a, like a redemption story for him of seeing his own brokenness and shame and repented to the Lord and repented to his wife. Well, for 15 years, this poor lady, all she had done is just replay the betrayal over and over and over in her mind. And she was stuck in a state of bitterness and disappointment um, and rejection. And she was looking to her husband to fix it. She was looking to her spouse to love her like only God could. Um, and so as we walked through the week and we talked about that she was responsible to care for her heart and take her heart to the Lord for healing, because what she was trying to do was take her heart to her husband. She kept saying, he broke it. He has to fix it. He has to tell me why he did it. He has to make it better. And he couldn't. He could not do that for her. Um, he could not heal her heart because only God can heal our hearts, not our spouse even though he broke it. He's the one that committed the betrayal, but he couldn't fix it for her, and she was devastated, and she was stuck, and she was so angry and so bitter and so resentful, and he was so free in his salvation, and she felt like it was so unfair. Hmm. She was kind of like, uh, you guys, I think last week, Pastor Lloyd did the, the prodigal son. Uh, she was kind of like the older brother, and he, the, <laughs> the husband was like the prodigal son who came home and was free of all his burdens, and she was angry. She was mad. How dare he get forgiveness and be free, and I'm stuck in bitterness and anger and resentment, and it's not fair. It's not fair that he gets forgiveness, and I'm left with all this betrayal. But as the week went on, and we talked about her taking her heart and her pain to the Lord, because the Lord was the only one that could fix it, and we, just, we told her that is a rescue. It is so kind of the Lord that when somebody breaks our heart, anybody, that our well-being is not contingent on them to heal it. It is a rescue from the Lord that we can take our broken hearts to him, the real healer, and get healing and wholeness and joy and receive that. And as we told this lady in her pain this and kind of reinforced it over and over, um, on the final day, she came in the next morning and she was so different. Like her countenance was so different. She looked about 10 years younger, literally. We were astounded. And she said that that night she'd gone in the bathroom and she just cried and got on her knees and prayed and asked the Lord to take her broken heart. And he did. And she received this miraculous healing um, and the ability to let it go and forgive her husband and trust God for the healing of her heart. And she really got it straight that she needed to love God, love the Lord. He needed to be in the rightful place on the throne. Uh, and then she could... She could love herself and, and get forgiveness and healing for her own heart 
was loving herself well, was allowing her heart to be healed by the Lord, and then she could love her husband again and they could be restored. And so really that is, that's a perspective on marriage that we've got to get. We've got to take our hearts to the Lord first and get healing. We cannot go to our spouse. They cannot do it. It's a crushing burden for them if we look to them for our happiness and our joy and our completeness. Do you have anything else, Scott? You're killing it. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. He knows how uncomfortable I am up here. <laughs> She's a terrible magician. But. Yeah, I am a terrible magician. <laughs> it's true. True. Very true. Um, yeah, another perspective we want to talk about as far as kind of how God sees marriage or, or marriage or why he designed marriage, it comes from Genesis, and we want to talk about that verse. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can open it, or I'll just read it, but it's um, Genesis 2. I'm going to read 18 through 20 and then verse 24, and so you can just kind of follow along. Uh, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name, its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. That is why, going down to verse 24, this is why a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So yeah, let's talk about that, another perspective that God gives us on marriage and what marriage is. He created marriage, right? It's his design, not ours. It's his design that a man should marry a woman. They'll be united. They'll be one. They'll experience oneness. Um, and it says that the woman was created because no suitable helper could be found for Adam. Like Adam... Uh, he, he named all the animals, he went through, named them all, and, and it says, the scripture says, no suitable helper could be found. And the Lord wanted to have a helper for Adam. And I hate the way culture, and, and I've heard at times people kind of misinterpret or twist that word helper. In your office. In my office, for sure, <laughs> in other places. Um, to, to, to sound like a woman is subservient to her husband, um, yes, we are called to submit, and that, we, that's a whole other uh, sermon we could talk about or lesson. But yes, there is a submission um, thing. But the word helper is in Hebrew is azer. And the, the azer, that word, that Hebrew word, is referenced in Scripture over 16 times um, to refer to the God. The Lord is our helper. Uh, the Lord is the helper of Israel. And verses like that over and over in Scripture. And so if that word azer or helper were to mean subservient or less than a man, uh, it, it, why would God ever refer to himself in that manner? He wouldn't. He would not. And so that word helper means support, assistant, a helpmate. And so, yeah, I just think that's important to reference because in our culture or in, and even in our own minds, sometimes as, as women, we can get it wrong. Um, it means helper, helpmate, support. I, I always loved uh, it, Wendy's old boss who trained her in some of the counseling stuff. He would have a couple come in and the husband would say, you know, it, it says right here that she's supposed to submit. <laughs> And he would look at the husband and go, yeah, that's not the part that is talking to you. The second part where it talks about you loving your wife as the church, that's the thing. But we, we, we sometimes just want to focus on 
the other, but that's not really honoring what it means to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, to love ourselves the way God loves us, to take that deep dive look at our own hearts. Because when we do that, all of a sudden, it's a whole new game. Yeah. Yeah, I often, I often tell people, you know, my job as the wife is one thing. I, I pay attention and read scripture through the lens of what the Lord is saying to me as a wife, as a woman, as a follower of Christ. And, you know, try to do what the Lord says, right? And when I get to heaven and I stand before the Lord, the Lord is not going to say to me, Wendy, why did you not make Rich a better leader, spiritual leader? Why did you not run after him and make sure he was leading your family better? And equally, when he gets bef stands before the Lord in heaven, the Lord is not going to look at Rich and say, well, why didn't you make Wendy more submissive? Like, she really was terrible at that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably true. Um, so that's just not going to happen, right? Like, when the Lord looks at me, he's going to ask me to give an account for what I did. And that's where, why we've got to stay in our own lane. Focus on our own hearts, not our spouses. Our own behavior, not our spouses. I am only responsible for me. I'm responsible to care about rich. That's my job as a wife, is to care, to support, to love, uh, to, to act in the submission is the way that the Lord tells me to do. That is, that's what my job is in my lane. And rich has his own job to do in his and it's not for him to tell me how to do my job or me to tell him how to do his. Because I'm only accountable to the Lord. Um, and we're account we are accountable to each other because we're in a covenant. But um, And if we're honest, that's usually where we get backwards in our relationships, isn't it? That we're more focused on what we think the other should do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so the, the, the final verse is the two... Um, or the, the, the verse 24 of that, it says um, that they will be joined together and experience oneness. And when we, we talk about oneness, we mean in unity. We think of the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I said this yesterday during the event. But um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they all have three different job descriptions, three different callings. They all do different things, but they always operate in unity. And so we want the marriage to mimic the Trinity, I have a different, different giftings and callings. Rich does too. We are different, separate people, separate entities. But with the Lord, we always want to be in unity. And we always want to be using our marriage as a light for others in unity with our own callings and giftings that are different but good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one, I just want to tell one kind of final story before we close. When we talk about going back to the first scripture, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, unless you have anything else before I share this. Uh, I, I may have a little story. Oh, go for it. Go for so, it. <laughs> so when it talks about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, loving yourself as God loves you, um, as I mentioned, I work for Young Life, and uh, one thing that we are super grateful that we get to do is in the summer we take a lot of our high school friends to camps, and a lot of these kids are disinterested kids and maybe have never processed the gospel um, the way that they hear it during that week. And there was a friend of mine who he was speaking at a camp, and his son actually came to that camp during that week. And, uh, but he was in high school and his son looked at his dad and he said, you know, he said, for this week, he said, I'd love just to be me. 
he said, if you could maybe not talk to me when I'm around my friends, that would be great. If you have teenagers who have gone through this, this is not a foreign concept to you. And so all week, he would hang out by the basketball court. He'd see his son, and he'd you know, kind of smile, but he wouldn't you know, interact. Well, at the end of the week, during our camp experience, we give our high school friends an opportunity, if they've decided that they want to follow Jesus, to stand up and say, hey, my name is Rich Crawford. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and this week I decided to follow Jesus. And there are you know, several hundred kids that do this. Well, this buddy of mine who's speaking, when they go to stand up, in the very back of the room is this guy's son. And when it got to him, he said, you know, hey, my name's, I'm from you know, te- Dallas, Texas, and this week I decided to follow Jesus. And his dad looked at his son, and I could never do this. But he looked at his son, and in a picture-perfect moment, he said, I bet your dad's really proud of you. I, I, I love that because I want you to hear that's what it means to see yourself the way God sees you. Your Heavenly Father's really proud of you. Not because of what you do, but simply because of how He made you. And He longs for you to see yourself with that kind of perspective and lens. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just, one last marriage story to kind of wrap us up because I know we're almost out of time. Um, this, this idea of loving yourself and seeing yourself as worthy, some of us really get stuck on that because of the shame that we carry. Um, and I had a couple in an intensive recently where this man has had kind of done this major betrayal in his marriage and acted out in ways that he was really shameful about. And the wife had recently become a Christian, and he was an atheist. He was kind of an intellectual guy who had studied lots of different world religions and just really was kind of not interested, um, probably more agnostic, I guess, than atheist, but just not interested in any religion. But he was full of shame and guilt and condemnation because of what he'd done, and his wife almost left him. And they came to the intensive just to try, you know, one last chance to work it out. And she kind of brought him, but he was willing to go. And throughout the week, we taught him how to care for his heart and that it was his job to care for his shame. And he'd take, you know, that he needed to get some healing around that because he was so full of guilt and condemnation and self-hatred and a sense of failure for what he had done to his family by his betrayal. And his wife was willing to forgive him. Um, And she knew Jesus, but he did not. Um, And so on one of the days we teach people, kind of one of the tools we taught this weekend was how to care for your heart, the care cycle, how to take your heart that is hurting to the Lord for the truth and get healing and, and go to the Lord for the capital T truth about what he says to us because we can often just listen to lies from the enemy. And so when I taught this care cycle, um, he looked at me and he said, well, I am absolutely not worthy to do this. He said, I don't even, I, I don't even believe in Jesus. And I said, well, you know, we are all equal at the cross. And if we accept Jesus, you can have the righteousness of Christ. We all get the righteousness of Christ when we accept him. And when the Lord looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ in us. And I shared that message with him. And he was really broken at the end of the day. Um, and he, he, they, we broke for the evening. And that night, there was, there was a bonfire. And he was sitting around the bonfire. And all the rest of the group was talking. And 
he said they were just chattering and he was just kind of stewing in his own shame and guilt. And all of a sudden, you know, he looked at the fire and he saw Jesus in the fire. And he said it was super weird because he's an intellectual guy and he doesn't believe in all that kind of stuff. But he said he just heard Jesus say, come to me and I will carry your burdens. And he accepted in that moment God's grace and forgiveness. And he was different the rest of the week. It was amazing. But he took his heart to the Lord for healing. He took it to the only one who can make it whole. And Jesus did. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what we want our message to be, is that we have to love the Lord first. We have to take our hearts to the Lord. If we try to chase our spouse or anybody else around with our heart to get what only Jesus can provide, we will always be empty and exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Lloyd, we're going to let you come up and let finish you, uh, yeah, thank Pray you. us out. Thank you all very thank much. Thank you again. Um, We're gonna we're gonna let them slip out. They have to get to the Orlando airport, and he's got to get to West Palm in about the next four hours. So thank y'all. God bless you. Thank you for the weekend. We we did have a great weekend, and we thank God and thank you as a church for supporting us so that we can uh, have a time like this. I'd like to ask you just to bow with me for a moment. Because I think the message that we heard all weekend is if you're a Christian, have you still gone to the cross and taken your heart to God? If you're not, you need to take your heart to the cross to be saved. And that each of us, every husband and every wife, we're responsible to God for what we do in our marriage, what we say, how we treat each other. I've learned this week that it's not my job to fix my wife. It's not her job to fix me. We just go to the Lord and get our hearts right with Him. I won't give you a chance to do that. Could I pray for somebody here? Just, we're not going to point you out. We're not going to come where you are. We'd never do that. But in my closing prayer, could we just, would you like to be included in it? You have a heart, something that you need to take to the Lord. Could I just see your hand real quick? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord God, you, you know and you hear and you see uh, every need that is represented by these hands. So we would just ask that we know it's true that when they come to you, you're going to heal them. And we that is our prayer. Thank you for their honesty. And Lord, speak to them in a way that we can't because they've come to you. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you all so much. We do love you. God bless you. Have a great Sunday afternoon. Be safe. Be patient in the parking lot. <laughs>